0: Running 100 miles seems impossible, and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race.
1: Are you ready to fill the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody.
0: What's up?
1: What's up? What's up? We are excited to be here with you guys today, and we're going to be here with you all week as we will be releasing an episode a day for this week as we talk about the six pillars of ultra running.
0: Should we tell them what the six pillars are?
1: I think so. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> today we will be going on the first pillar of time on feet slash mileage. So this is going to be talking about, you know, creating your training plan and how you can plan your miles and your time on your feet and the type of running you'll be doing. Then tomorrow we will be talking about strength training and cross training along with speed work. So that'll be like our strength day.
0: So so we've kind of broken it up with, so the first pillar is, this is your base mileage, which is like the, the way I explain to my clients is it's like the dough of your pizza. And then we have the strength training, the speed work, the cross training, and that's like the toppings of your pizza. Yes.
1: But you need toppings for it to really taste good. Exactly. Exactly. You know, dough alone isn't enough most of the time.
0: Exactly.
1: It might get you by for a while. It'll
0: fill you up. Yeah. It'll fill you up. It's just not going to taste as good.
1: Then after that, we roll into nutrition and hydration as the third pillar, talking about how you can properly hydrate and eat while on an ultra. Our fourth pillar is mindset. Mindset. Which is
0: a huge aspect of ultra running. I mean, all of these are huge. Honestly, I feel like that's kind of what our podcast is about. Yeah, there's been
1: a lot about that. The mindset it takes to run 100 miles. And then, as our fifth pillar, we have recovery, which is one people don't think about a lot, but is so important.
0: Especially for beginner ultra runners who are going from you know, just casually running to wanting to run a hundred miles. It's a law on your body. Learning to rest and recover properly is critical.
1: Critical indeed. And lastly, we have gear, which this one we debated. Is it a pillar or not? But you know what? We have talked, I decided, Mel, we have talked with so many people on our podcast that dnf their first 100-miler because they didn't have the right gear.
0: Honestly, the reason we debated it is because Jacob and I honestly don't know a lot about gear. Yeah. So we're not gonna <laughs> but going to be going over that We one. know we're a lot. Be getting...
1: We know more than you think you, we, we Maybe. know.
0: Maybe. We're just not going to... Maybe we do know more. There.
1: Yes, we we <laughs> I know the I basics. I feel
0: super confident talking about gear, but but don't worry, we're going to be getting other experts on who do feel confident yeah. talking about gear, who can teach us, and I'm excited to learn more yeah. myself too. So
1: how this is going to work? We it will just be the two of us here for the debut this week, as we're going to do an episode and release it every day for each pillar, and then after this biweekly, we will be be bringing on experts and coaches to talk about each individual pillar and their thoughts on and how to best prepare for your first 100 miler. So guys, this is made to help you prepare for your first 100 miler. That's that's who we're talking to. We want you. We want to help you. And we're going to keep bringing on coaches to answer your questions and figure out how you can get across that finish line.
0: These are the tools you need right here. So Let's hop into this episode, which is the first pillar, which is time on feet slash mileage.
1: So here's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Is how do you know when you've built up enough base mileage to go after 100 miles? And what exactly is base mileage? Yeah, I was
0: going to say I think we need to talk about what base mileage is first. Base mileage, the way I define it is how many miles it how many miles can you run every week consistently comfortably? So can you run 15 miles a week every single week and that's comfortable and easy for you? Can you run 30 miles every single week and that's easy and comfortable for you? That's what your base mileage is. And I would say you want to get to a base mileage of, I'm going to say at least 30 miles. Feel comfortable running 30 miles a week and build up from there.
1: So I I get what you're saying. I think 30 miles is ideal
0: yeah i think and and again all of this is about finishing your hundred not about podiuming it's two different things and
1: and this is also every just as a disclaimer guys every every training plan is individual you know and and so this is just you know general information it's not always a one size this isn't one size fits all
0: this is to get you started on stuff honestly if if you're ready to dive in and you want to get something specific for you, get a coach. Yeah. That's what we'd say.
1: Or do a butt ton of research.
0: Lots. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say do both, honestly. Yes. So- okay, uh, wait okay, but, okay, wait a sec. Wait a sec. You said so, 30
1: miles. I'm going to interject and I'm going to say 20.
0: And and I, I can see that. You May, know. Maybe I'd say like 20 to 30
1: yeah yeah i there we go i think that because i do think if you're getting 30 miles a week and it's feeling comfortable for you you are kicking butt but uh yeah yeah, i would say if you can first things first you want to just work up to getting at least 20 miles a week and do that comfortably
0: exactly and be able to do that consistently
1: yep and consistently
0: i do want to say like so now how do we build up from that what if the listener what if they are running five miles a week yeah. how do you get up to a base mileage of 20 to 30 yes. well on average unless unless this is like you're completely sedentary i think most like relatively active people can get up to about 10 to 15 miles a week pretty quick pretty easy and then from there it takes a little bit of time to build up to build up your base. There's the 10% rule that you know everybody hears about which is where you add 10% of last week's mileage to next week. And that's that's an okay rule.
1: So is that total mileage then or uh, long run mileage?
0: Total mileage for okay. the week. So so the thing is this really only works between miles 10 and 30 if you're starting from zero and you're just adding t- 10% every week, it's going to take you forever to get to <laughs> 10 to 15 miles. Once you get to 30, 40 miles and you start adding 10% a week, that,
1: that can be big jumps. That's
0: big jumps. So, so honestly, it really comes down to just listening to your body, which we talk about a lot. So, so on average, I I'd say it doesn't take, the average person too long to get to a base of like 10 to 15 miles. So so I would make that the goal first, get to about 10 to 15 miles and then slowly add miles every week and make sure you're giving yourself recovery weeks. So what I would recommend is add miles one week, add miles the next week and then cut your miles in half the third week. Then add more miles, add more miles, cut the miles in half. Admiral more miles, add more miles, cut the miles in half. So two hard weeks, one rest week. Two hard weeks, one rest week.
1: So and for those of you who are new to the podcast, Melody is uh a, a ultra running coach and Uesca certified, right? Is that how you say USCA
0: it? Or Uesca
1: or UESCA. So you've had some experience in coaching, especially beginner ultra runners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that pretty typical even? So say like you just is that just pretty tickable even in peak week training that after like your hard week your second hard week you take you cut it in half for a recovery week you know, from what you did on that last hard week
0: every coach is different the reason i do that is because most of the people i work with are beginner ultra runners and they're ramping up their mileage really quick and I also, I started doing this when I read the book Training for the Uphill Athlete and that's what this book recommended and so that's what I've done for myself and what I've done for my athletes and it works great because you have two really really hard weeks and then you have you you cut your mileage in half so then that week just feels ridiculously easy but you're still getting out you're still moving and not only is it a physical break but it's a mental break too yeah and then when you hop back into training you're refreshed mentally and physically and, and you're ready to go and it makes your training more productive
1: so that's what they recommend in training for the uphill athlete yes and that's a pretty widely like respected book
0: it is yeah i would say there definitely are some coaches out there who think cutting your mileage in half is way too easy of of recovery week
1: but you know what and 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 i think it's actually the more elites that that the people who are wanting to compete are. if
0: you're trying to podium you probably don't want to cut back that much
1: yes and so that i that's why i really like what you're saying here because I've had a training plan recently that was not giving me that much. My recovery weeks did not really feel like much of a recovery
0: week. You you kind of burnt out physically And and mentally.
1: Physically and mentally, I was just having it. And I just made my own personal call and basically cut my miles in half, even though it wasn't even half. Like I did a 64 mile week and then I did a I The... The plan was for the recovery week was a was a fifty mile week, and I did forty four.
0: So you didn't even cut back that much. Yeah,
1: but anyways, so it. I like what you're saying here. If you're a beginner and you just want to get across the finish line, it's gonna give you that break, and especially as a beginner, you need that break because you're
0: prevent injury. You're too. pushing your
1: body. You don't like, want to
0: overdo it.
1: Yeah, you're pushing your body like you haven't pushed in a long time, and. And it, it, and your body's not used to it yet. And so I, so you're saying you take a, for, you would recommend for beginners to take like a two hard week, one easy week approach. Yes. Two hard weeks of building up and then one easy week where you cut back.
0: And then, yep. And then you hop back on and you keep building. A couple more things that I want to add is the general rule of thumb for building your base mileage is about 10 miles per year. So if currently your base, and this is just general, but if your base mileage is 20 miles, you can run 20 miles comfortably consistently right now, then next year you want to get to the point where you can comfortably run 30 miles. The year after that, you want to get to the point where you can comfortably run 40 miles. So about 10 miles a year is where you want to build. And now building off of your base training when you're in 100 mile training, if your base miles are at 20, I would say to peak out 20 more miles from your base miles. So so if your base mileage is at 20, then I'd say peak out at 40. If your base mileage is at 30, then you'll peak out at 50. Again, kind kind of general. You might, if your base mileage is 20, you might be able to build up to a couple 50 mile weeks. So... But so, but that's what I'd recommend. Now so,
1: so you don't what add you're too much. so what you're saying here is kind of controversial.
0: It's it a and lot this of people is really general. Here's the thing: building a training plan, it's more of an art than a science. Yeah. everyone is so different. So it's kind of hard to just give these rules yeah, of yeah. how it works.
1: Okay, yeah. Because, All right. A lot of people recommend getting up to 70 to 80 mile weeks before doing a 100 mile race that
0: is not necessary you do not need to okay run that many but miles. is
1: 42 not enough
0: like, i would be worried with 40 what what i like to get my athletes to is i want them to have at least two weeks in a row where they hit 50 55 miles
1: so that which rule, is why i like
0: to say your base mileage should be about 30
1: Okay. That's why you say 30. So technically, if someone's starting from a base mileage of 20, they're going to be pushing it a little harder than you would recommend to get to that 50 miles a week. This
0: is what I'd say. If your base mileage is at 20, I would say shoot for a 50 mile race this year and let's peak you out at 40 miles. And then we'll focus on a hundred mile race the next year once your base mileage is about 30 miles, and then we can peak you out at 50.
1: But so, you can do it.
0: You you can, yeah. We don't want to discourage... I mean, David Goggins, he did it without any training. So if you're mentally tough enough, you don't have to train to run 100 miles. You can just go do it.
1: So, yes. I'm going to say yes. Ideally, if you want to maybe go for a 50-mile race one year and then the 100 the next. That's what I'd recommend. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we did. And yeah, we would recommend that. But we have talked to people that have just bypassed the 50-mile race, and they're still able to do it. For sure. And and they've done 100 miles within a year of starting to run. Basically, like, like Jake like Rastis, year.
0: who we just had on.
1: And also Michael Davis, who we had on yeah. the podcast. So go check out their episodes if you want to hear how somebody did it within a year. So don't let this, you know, if you are dead set on 100 miles this year, we are here to help you get there. And so...
0: I feel like yes. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a huge believer, and you can do whatever you set your mind to. I I do also think it is very important to be realistic and to be careful. Yes, because hundred miles is a big deal. Yes,
1: see, and and as you guys can tell, me and Melly are married, and even us, you know, we've both been running you know, for the past six years or so religiously. And we even have a little bit of a differing opinions,
0: you know, as you guys can tell. Everybody tell, because it's an art, not a science. Yes,
1: yes, it is. So you can do it. If you want to run 100 miles within a year of running, you can do it, but it's going to be extremely hard.
0: It's going to be harder. It's
1: prepare for a battle of your life.
0: And there's also – there's people out there who – Whose bodies just handle the higher mileage better, too. Yes. Some, you know, I've seen people just start running and they just add and add and add and add and they never break down and they can just keep running more miles. And now they're running 100 miles a week and they're totally fine. So, really listen to your body. That's what this all comes down to. But these are just general guidelines, like we've said
1: before. So, you're saying, so Melody's saying, general guideline is you're peaking out at double your base mileage and that's the mileage that you're comfortable running per week. Yeah. And, melody it, i we, it sounds like we're both suggesting you want to at least get into the 50 mile range do a couple weeks at 50 miles i mean ideally if you can even go a little higher but this is just you know to get you by
0: yeah so base mileage between 20 and 30 and get at least two to three like 50 to 55 okay. mile weeks in
1: okay now now comes this debate all right okay So some coaches I've heard has told me, don't plan your runs by mileage, but by your time on feet. And other coaches have been like, no, just do it by the miles. (sighs) What and why? (laughs) What is it?
0: What's best? Okay. So this one's really fun. My answer is both are important. (laughs) And, of course. And again, every coach is going to say something different. Everyone's going to do something a little bit different. Here's the pros and cons of each one. I do think if you're going to pick one, I do think you should focus more on time on feet and also pay attention to your mileage. Especially as a trail runner, I think it's really important to not get super caught up in the mileage because we're climbing more, we're on technical terrain. A one mile flat run is completely different than a one mile run with a thousand feet of climbing, right? So I do think it's important to focus on the time, on your time on feet more than on mileage. So the pros of time on feet, so like I said, every trail run is different different we're on technical terrain sometimes we're not even on a trail and we're bushwhacking so it's it we just can't get obsessed with the miles there also one of my favorite things about tracking your time is it allows you to adapt to each run so let's say you're having a really hard day you're really tired you've had a really heavy week you go out to do a run and the plan is to run for one hour you're able to listen to your body and slow down and run down for an hour, run down, run for an hour. Maybe you only get, you know, four miles in instead of the normal five, but you still got the time on your feet versus let's say you were going to... The plan was to run five miles, but you're just feeling super tired and super run down. And now five miles takes you an hour and 45 minutes because you're just so tired. And then all of a sudden, your time on feet for that week is like three hours longer than it usually is because you're tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the, the cons of time on feet is it is easy to get lazy and to not push yourself and just be like... As long as I'm out here for an hour, doesn't matter. I I don't feel like running. I'm just going to hike this whole thing, you know? Yeah, that and, is a big con. Yeah, and your your paces start to drop yeah. because of that.
1: Because ultimately, you're facing a deadline in each one of these races.
0: Right. The thing a is... A mileage deadline. We're training for a 100-mile race. If not you can't a, cover those miles, you can't cover those miles. Yeah, it's
1: not a 100-hour race.
0: Exactly, exactly. Also, Because of this, you just risk not getting enough miles in. If you're only tracking time and not looking at the miles... It can
1: just turn into a big hike. You just get slow and
0: you don't get enough miles in. The pros of tracking the mileage instead of time on feet is this is the biggest thing, is it's fun and it's sexy. So everybody loves to post how many miles they ran on Strava. And it's yep. it, it's easy to track. It's easy to be like, okay, 20 miles this week, 22 miles the next week, 24 miles the next it's week. It's
1: like a checkbox thing, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, feels, it feels fun. It feels exciting. It's fun to tell people I ran this many miles. It's a little bit more complicated track by time because – Maybe you do five hours one week, five and a half hours the next week, six hours the next week, but your miles are like 20, 40, and then, you know, 32. Like, And sometimes you just look at those miles and you get kind of discouraged and you're like, oh, I only did 32, but the thing is you did 18,000 feet of climbing. So Yeah. tracking miles can be motivating and fun because it's – you can see like, how fast can I run five miles today? You can try to beat, you know, your five mile PR or get your 10 mile PR. But then the risk with that is you end up running too fast, too Mm -hmm. often. So, so
1: what do we do?
0: So, (sighs) so you do focus on your, the time on feet and pay attention to the mileage. So focus on the time on feet, but at the end of the week just look at your training stats and see, okay, how many miles did I get in? Does that make sense? So build your plan with time on feet, but then just occasionally make sure that you're hitting the miles. And then that will tell you if you need to get more if you need to get more miles in. Does that make sense?
1: I mean, it, it kind of does, but then I'm just like, okay, well, then do I just add my time on, so when I'm building my plan, I just add 10% to my time on feet?
0: No, I would say... Um,
1: because I it's like I want to have some structure that I build out here, you know?
0: I would say more like 20 to 30 minutes. You'd add like 20 to 30 minutes
1: a week. Do you ever just like do like time on feet for your shorter weekday runs and, and do miles for, on your long runs that's
0: a really good point matt fitzgerald he recommends that the only thing is that can get kind of complicated to track when i'm building a plan i just track both so i just i put in the time on feet and the mileage okay. and, and my athletes aren't gonna like hit hit that perfectly i'm not gonna guess their paces perfectly every every time i estimate the mileage based on their average pace and and that's how i build the plan and then they just get close to that
1: okay so
0: i feel like we're confusing people
1: n- so n- <laughs> no no i'm starting to gain some okay. some clarity here okay okay so what you're telling me this is what I'm understanding here. I need to be paying attention to both my time on feet, how many hours a week I'm spending running, and how many miles I'm getting.
0: Yes, they're both important.
1: Now, with that, we talked about shooting for at least 50 miles for a, you know, peaking out at least around 50 miles. If it's your first time... Just trying to do it once or just trying to get it done the first time, 50 miles. Okay, if you're just trying to... Now let's tell me about how many hours per week should I be running? How much time on feet should I be peeking out at?
0: It depends on your goal pace and what the 100-mile cutoff time is.
1: Okay, let's say the cutoff is 36 hours. That's a pretty typical cutoff around here for a mountain we're going to say it's a mountain 100, you know, with like 20,000 feet of vert, 18,000 feet of vert, 36 hour cutoff.
0: Okay. So I'm just opening up a pace calculator here. So a hundred miles, the cutoff is 36 hours. So to beat the cutoff, you want at least a 21 minute split. So, I mean, honestly, I would just make sure that you're looking at your split paces and you want to make sure that on average, I would say if if your goal is to just barely beat the cutoff, you probably want to be averaging, I would say 16 to 18 minute miles because you're going to slow down on race day.
1: Okay. But time on feet, should I be averaging at least half of that 36 hours when I'm peaking out like 18 hours?
0: This is when you kind of bounce time, time on feet off of mileage so let's say your mileage is 20 miles a week how long does it take you to run 20 miles a week Let, let's say it takes somebody here let's calculate it so 20 miles let's say your pace is 12 minutes so four hours so so then you just find out okay I'm running about four hours a week so then next week, I'm going to do you know, four hours, 15 minutes. And then next week, I'm going to do four hours, 30 minutes.
1: So, But when peaking out, so you're mm-hmm. just saying it's all relative on pace. If I know that I'm going to be close to that cutoff of 36 hours, should I be expecting to have like an 18-hour peak week? You know, where I get 50 miles in or like, or like, let's just say 14 to 18 hour range peak week.
0: I do feel like that's a lot. I don't think if it's honestly, if it's taking you that long to get that mileage in, you're probably not running fast enough to beat the cutoff of a hundred mile race.
1: But I'm doing it on tired legs and on race day, I'll be fresh.
0: Right that still is, seems really excessive to me. I would say kind of the average time that I see my beginner athletes hit in their peak week is like 10 to 12 hours of running.
1: And I'll agree with you on on that. Like I do think from my experience, I think you need to be getting about those 12 hour weeks in during peak week of running at least. I'm honestly thinking the 12 to 16 is my opinion, as I've learned through these years. You know, so that's that's my opinion. The 12 to that 16, 50 to 60 miles ish.
0: And if this is really confusing people, long story short, look at both, but just don't get obsessed with the miles and take in consideration that you are on the trails. Some trails are going to be more technical. Some trails you're going to be climbing more. So don't feel bad if if your mileage isn't this beautiful, you know, yes. incline. You know what I mean?
1: And yeah. And honestly, maybe you just need to choose one for one training cycle, choose the other for one, another training cycle. And that's how you're going to learn. And then you're going to kind of find what works for you. Yeah. So, anyways, the great debate of time on feet versus mileage. Okay, so now we roll into one of the biggest things with ultra running that especially beginners struggle with is how, with this, all the with me increasing this mileage and running more than I ever run before, how fast should I be running for most of my runs?
0: So this is where we jump into 80-20 running, which we talked a lot about in our beginning episodes. So let's just talk about what 80-20 running is. So I feel like at this point, most people know what 80-20 running is, or or maybe I just think that because well, we're in the running world. Yeah, but, we, we, but we have we'll, a we'll lot of new listeners here. So, so 80% of your total run volume is done at a low intensity and 20% of your total run volume is done at a high intensity. So, so to explain this, I need to explain zones. So there's five different zones and we're, for the sake of this episode, we're going to base each zone off of rate of perceived exertion. So that is how hard does this run feel on a scale of one to 10. So zone 1 is this this run is a 0 to 2 out of 10 hard. So it's it's pretty dang easy. Zone 2, the effort is like a 3 3 to 4 out of 10 effort. So still easy, a little bit harder than than zone 1.
1: More than walking.
0: More more than walking, you can have you can hold a comfortable conversation here. Zone 3, is like a 5 to 6 out of 10 effort. This is something that you could probably hold for about 60 to 90 minutes before you're burned out.
1: And you can probably talk in 1 to 3-sentence spurts but not hold a conversation.
0: Yes. Zone 4 is a 7 to 8 out of 10 You can maybe get a word in here and there between gas, but talking a conversation is impossible. This is basically as fast as you can go for about one to two minutes. And then zone five is a nine to ten out of ten. This is top speed. As hard as you possibly can go, talking is impossible. You cannot talk. You probably can't even breathe because you're going so fast. So those are the the five zones. So 80-20 running, 80% of your total run volume should be in zones one and two. 20% of your run volume should be in zones four and five. And zone three is considered uh, the black hole. You do not want to touch zone three. And the reason for that is zone three is too fast to be able to maintain day in and day out. And it's not fast enough to really get any anaerobic benefit from it, the, the kind of benefit that you'd get from zone four, zone five. So really, if you're training at zone three, every single time you go out and run, all you're doing is hurting yourself. You're not, you're not getting better as a runner. You're, you're actually hurting yourself as a runner.
1: Your body will start to break down if you run consistently in that five to six range.
0: And there actually is a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? I run in zone three and I'm getting faster. I'm PRing. This is actually a red flag. If you are PRing on every single run and if you are just getting faster and faster and faster and faster, your cortisol levels are probably through the roof and you are going to burn out. So make sure make sure you're watching for that.
1: So then, we know what our zones are. what What am I supposed to be doing for most of my runs?
0: Okay, so most of your runs, you should be running in zone two. So zone two, I consider a foundation run. Zone one is what I recover. Or what I consider a recovery run. So you're going to do like a zone 1 run after a really hard workout or maybe a long run. Most of your runs are going to be in zone 2. The the speed work portion of it, we'll we'll talk about that in the next pillar, but we'll throw that in. To get started with speed work, I just want to throw this in. You want to add strides to all of your foundation runs. And a stride is a 20-second burst and you can do strides during your run or you can do strides after your run. It's a 20 second burst. where you are going to slowly ramp up your speed and you're going to get to about 80% of your max speed and then you're going to ramp back down. And you want to make sure you give yourself two to four minutes in between each stride to get your heart rate back down to zone two. And what's cool about strides is this is a way to work on your speed work, which is going to improve your running economy slash running efficiency without messing up your training or messing up your heart rate zones because you're not getting out of zone two for long enough for it to mess up your 80 20 running
1: gotcha so okay what am i doing 80 percent of my runs in zone two zone two zone two and zone one so Mainly that zone just two. means a light
0: jog yeah a super Slow. easy jog so Yes. You're running slow. You're running easy. And you should finish each run feeling like you can keep going. If you feel like you gave it all you got in that run, you went too hard.
1: Yep. That's a good, that is a good thing to live by. Finish your run feeling like you could have done more.
0: You should still have energy. Like you should be able to go, go do your eight mile Run and then come home and you should still have energy to clean the house, go grocery shopping. This is just my mindset because I'm a woman and that's what, wow, that's going to be offensive to some people. That's what I do. You should have, you know, enough energy to come home and then go to work. Do what you do for the rest of the day.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, like I've seen a lot of beginners as we've been in, you know, here doing the podcast. We talked to a lot of beginners. And I see a lot of them really struggle with this, guys, just not being able to slow down because what the sexy thing is, you know, I think Strava creates this kind of culture of, first off, the miles and the, you know, the pace.
0: The faster you are, the more miles you have, the more kudos you're going to get. Yep.
1: The faster you go, the more kudos you get, right? When you tell people, I just PR'd my 10K, I just PR'd my half marathon, you know, of course that's gonna get a lot of way to go, you know, and, and, and doing and running. See, people run in that middle zone all the time, especially beginners, because, you know, that's a zone you can hold for like 60 to 90 minutes. I um, feel
0: like you got a good workout in. You're yeah. sweating, you're huffing and puffing.
1: Yep. You know, you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. You're running, right? You know, if you go slower than that, it's like almost sometimes it can feel like you're walking.
0: And sometimes you are walking. You're most likely walking all the hills.
1: Yeah, you're most likely, yep, speed hiking the hills. So you got to slow down. Like once that might, that will, you can probably do that and get you into marathon shape doing that. You can 100% that will work. But as your miles increases and you start getting into those 50-mile races and eventually to your 100, your body's going to break down on you if you don't learn how to slow down. And it's going to be hard, and you're going to feel like you're going so slow. But you've got to slow down. You know, this is the Bread. Like we said, if this if a hundred mile race is a pizza, you are laying your foundation. This is the bread. Slow, easy miles on the trails.
0: I'm glad that you brought up foundation. So what these base miles do is this is building your aerobic foundation. The bigger your aerobic foundation is or the bigger your pizza is, the more toppings you can put on top. So the bigger your foundation is, the more speed work and strength and fitness you can build on top, the more potential you have as an athlete. So this is really, this is why we chose this as the first pillar because this is the number one most important part when it comes to training for a 100 mile race is getting these slow, easy base miles in.
1: Exactly. So moving on then. Now, a lot of people sign up for a lot of, most hundreds, I'd say not all of them, but most of them are on trails. And, but there are some on roads Mm-hmm. uh some a combination but what if like i sign up for a trail 100 mile race and i don't really live by a lot of trails
0: well, we've talked about this a little bit in in a couple of our past episodes
1: and vice versa what if i yeah. sa- well, I guess if you sign up... What if I sign up for a road one, but I like to run on trails? <laughs> Which, I don't know why you would do that, but...
0: <laughs> I I don't know why you would <laughs> but do that. I'm just saying,
1: just put you in the scenario of you want to How run you your train? race.
0: Depending on the yeah, terrain, terrain of your race. Yes. Okay, if you live in a flat area and you sign up for a...
1: A mountainous race.
0: mountain race... A treadmill is going to be your best friend. You're going to find a treadmill. You're going to crank it up as high as it will go. You're going to put a weighted vest on, and you're going to spend a ton of time on that treadmill. It's going to be tedious. It's not going to be super fun, unless you enjoy treadmill runs. I enjoy treadmill runs when I'm like watching a good show or something. So
1: you're just inclining that treadmill.
0: Yes, that's going to be the easiest, best way to get your climbing in if you don't live by hills. I also would try... To find hills in your area, even even if the hills are no comparison to you know Leadville hills, find the hills in your area and utilize those. If you need to go up and down that one hill that that's in your area, do it. Again, it's going to be tedious. Training for a mountainous race in a flat area is a little bit harder, it's a little bit more tedious. You have to be a little bit more creative, but you can do it. Also, you need to think about the elevation, and they say that heat training is a poor man's elevation. So run during the hottest time of the day and sit in a sauna after every single run, if that's possible for you, for I'd say 20 to 30 minutes. Make sure you're drinking a ton of water. Please don't pass out when you're doing this. Be smart. Listen to your body. But that would be my advice there. If you are crazy and for some reason sign up for a 100-mile road run, I guess there's like bad water. Bad water is pretty. Yeah. Like like that would be a good example. You want to spend most of your time on the road. If, if you listen to, it was BJ, he talked about, he was one of our previous guests. He talked about how he got a stress fracture because he went and did a long run on the road when he was doing most of his training on the trails. So if you're usually running on the trails, you want to slowly transfer to road running and get your body used to the road again because it is a lot harder on your joints. I also would recommend incorporating plyometrics so that is like bouncy agility drills. So like jump rope, jumping squats, chair jumps.
1: Do that for um, what?
0: To to prepare your bones and your ligaments and your joints for that that impact.
1: For the road? For the road. So yeah. if you're doing a road ultra.
0: Yeah, that that's what I recommend. I mean you should, those yes, things are going to help any runner. you're
1: saying, especially.
0: Especially a road runner. I would incorporate those things in just to really strengthen your bones and your joints and your muscles, because it is a lot more impact on on your joints when you're on the
1: road. So, you know, what I have heard and learned through the years has been, you just want to simulate your race as much as possible. Exactly. The if whatever- you can even
0: get on your race.
1: Whatever the terrain is, you know, just try to go to whatever is most most like that terrain, and and so if you're doing a trail, a trail 100, try to get on trails, even if it's not as mountainous as wherever your hundred is, get on trails, and then also hit the treadmill. Also, with this, I so you know I, I've been asked the question before, like. You know, there's not a trail nearest trailhead's like, you know, a 30 minute drive for me. And, and I just, you know, don't know if I have time to it's drive not possible
0: to train on the trail every, every day. day. Yeah. This is what I would say. If you can wake up a little extra early or figure something out with your schedule so you can at least get on the trail a couple times during the week, that would be ideal. If it is just impossible to get to the trails during the week at all. Make sure that you're at least doing all of your long runs on the trails. Get up early. Do what you have to do on the weekends. Take the time to drive to the trail. Do your long runs on the trail.
1: 100%. Just make sure if, if, if for some reason you can't get out on the trails except once a week, then do that long run on it. Exactly. 100%. Okay. We are winding this down. So last thing that I wanted to bring up, you can bring up more if you like, is tapering for a race. What is tapering and what's the proper way to go about that?
0: Tapering is recovering for your race. So tapering is usually... Three to two weeks of really easy weeks so you can just rest your mind and rest your body so you can go into race day refreshed and ready to go.
1: So it's, yeah, so it's starting to back off on the miles, back off on the time on your feet and get your
0: strength training. You're backing off on everything.
1: So, how do you know? Like, is there like a percentage that you bring it down to? Like, and and do you taper three weeks in advance? Do you taper two weeks in advance? Like, how do you know? And and because a lot of people I know get into the taper mode and then they're like, crap, I think I, I backed off too much. I feel like I'm losing my fitness, you know? Like, so how do I bring the miles? How do I know how many miles? Do I just cut it in half? Like, Do I do anything on race week? Like, what do I do? Yeah.
0: First of all, going into a 100-mile race, it's better to err on the side of caution, and it's better to be undertrained than it is to be overtrained.
1: Why is that?
0: Because if you're overtrained and burnt out, your risk of injury goes up, and your risk of DNFing goes up. Why? Why? because you're burnt out and your body's tired. If you go into a race and you already have so many miles on your legs.
1: So you're saying, if I overtrain, I'm risking-
0: Injury and burnout and DNF.
1: I'm risking not being fresh Yes, for race day. And yes. you're saying you wanna be fresh for race day and overtraining could potentially ruin that. And then you're just starting off 100 miles already tired.
0: Right, right, which you do not want gotcha. to, you do not want to do.
1: Okay, and that's where a big, ta- that's where sometimes taper can be key, because if you don't taper proper, properly. Taper
0: is so important, okay. especially for a hundred mile race, so important. So what I would recommend for someone running their first 100 mile race is I would say a three week taper, but, but hear me out. The third week out, it's not a full taper. I call it a medium taper. So let's say the week before you peaked at 55 miles. So your medium taper week, I probably would take you to like 35 miles. So we're not cutting it in half, but we're still bringing it back a cutting good Cutting like amount. a third. Yeah.
1: A third and off. And then
0: the next two weeks, we are cutting it. So I would do like 15 to 20 miles the next week. And then the following week, so race week, what I would do is, an example would be maybe 30 to 45 minutes on Monday, 20 minutes on Tuesday, maybe another 20 minutes on Wednesday. And then I, this is what I like to do. I like to take, and this is what I have my athletes do, I like to take Thursday and Friday off. 2 to 3 days completely off before the race. Some people like to get a little shakeout run in. If you want to go do a quick like 1 to 2 miles, like 20 minute run, maybe throw in a few strides, that's an option. But I I personally recommend just taking 2 to 3 days off. And that doesn't mean sitting on the couch doing nothing because oh, come on because you you don't you will kind of tighten up and stiffen up so just make sure that you're you're active throughout the day if you have an active job and you're on your feet then you're fine make sure you stretch for 15 minutes on those days if you have a sedentary job get up and and walk every hour i mean you should be doing that anyways or maybe go on a 20 to 30 minute walk just take it super easy Make sure you're stretching, taking care of the little niggles and things. And now that I said niggles, I need to throw this in. It is really common during taper weeks to feel aches and pains and niggles and people freak out. They're like, oh, shoot, my race is in two weeks. And all of a sudden I'm getting this pain in my knee. All of a sudden I'm getting this pain in my foot. That is so normal. And it's because your body is used to running 50 miles a week and all of a sudden you're only running 30 or 20 miles. So your body's just kind of freaking out a little bit, but that's normal. It's also normal to maybe feel a little bit bloated. Your body's just going to feel a little bit weird, but that's normal. So, So don't freak out too much when that happens.
1: So you're just saying you just really cut it back race day, start the taper three weeks in advance.
0: Yeah. I would do a medium, medium. taper and then a hard taper and then race week. You're, you're barely doing It anything. almost sounds
1: like how you phrase that is like your media, you'd be like cut back by a third each week. So if you were like doing 55, you're now down to like the 35 ish. And then, after that week you were down to like the 20 so you were cutting about a third or 15-ish miles each time
0: yeah you
1: know so that's just all just rough numbers we're pulling out of our heads As just an example yeah yeah, Yeah. so and then basically race week just a few really easy runs
0: yeah just to stay fresh race week the the goal was really just to stay loose stay fresh and also, we'll talk more about this in nutrition, hydration, but this is also the time when you want to make sure that you're really eating well, you're drinking enough water, you're going to bed on time, just really taking care of yourself those last three weeks.
1: That makes sense. Makes sense. Get your And we'll talk about that other stuff with nutrition and getting your mindset and everything ready for race day exactly. in future episodes. Well, boy, that was a lot.
0: Yeah, I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Hopefully, yeah. that wasn't really overwhelming.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys can reach out though on our. If you have
0: questions, yes, please let us know.
1: Yeah, you re- can reach out and let us know. And we're happy to answer any questions. And well, if you have more questions about this topic, you can even send those in and we will ask them to other guests that we bring on to talk about. This isn't the first time and our only time talking about this. We will come back to this and learn more and more throughout the year. For sure. Well, thank you everyone for joining us here on Trail to 100. If this episode has helped you, or if you know someone who's wanting to run their first hundred mile mar- ultra marathon, I almost said marathon. Hundred
0: mile marathon. Yeah. Come on.
1: Yeah. Hey, we're new. We're newbies here. That's what we say.
0: <laughs> we're not newbies. <laughs> yes, yes, we're not newbies anymore. <laughs> we
1: are. We are here. We are still. We We still only in this thing for a few years, but yeah,
0: we're we're still babies. Yeah, You're Yeah. Right.
1: You know, But if this has helped you or you know someone, guys, now is the time to, to share this as we'll be releasing all six episodes this week made to help you finish your first 100-mile race. So share this episode with someone that you know could benefit from this, and it will help us to continue to produce this sort of content.
0: And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
1: Yes. We'll go
0: over the toppings of the pizza, strength training, cross training, and speed work.
1: Yes. Fun stuff that a lot of people avoid, (laughs) but it is so needed (laughs) to keep your body together. So we will talk to you all next time about strength training, cross training, and speed work.
0: Hey guys, it's Melody here. Thank you so much for listening to Trail. It means so much to us. I'm really excited to tell you about my coaching business, where I help average Joes who are looking for a little bit more out of life do something big to find a little bit more purpose, direction, and meaning. Learn more on my Instagram at the pine tree Runner or on my website MelodyBateman.biz. Links are in the show notes. I know what it's like to feel stagnant or like something's missing, or like you just want more out of life. I was in the same spot. Jacob and I had just gotten married and we were both working nine to five jobs and we just were like, what do we do now? We, we just wanted something more and we listened to David Goggins book and we decided to sign up for a 50 mile race and since then we've done 50s, we've done, Jacob's done a couple hundreds, I've done one 100 and and running has changed our lives. I feel like I always have a goal to work towards. I feel accomplished and proud of myself. I feel like I have learned countless life lessons that have made me a better friend, a better wife, a better daughter, a better person, and I want to give back and help you do the same thing. I'm telling you, running can change your life. If you're ready to jump in and sign up for a race, whether it's three miles or 100 miles, I would be honored to help you cross the finish line. If you'd like to learn more or get in contact with me, find me on Instagram at Runner or contact me through my website, MelodyBateman.biz. Links are in the show notes. You have so much potential and you are way stronger than you know. Let's find your strength because it's there just waiting to be tapped into.